What's up, guys? Connor O'Hanlon here for another episode of the Con O Show. And today, we are going to be talking about a bunch of hacks, a bunch of big tech, a bunch of large corporations, why they should be broken up, as we've talked about in the past with Amazon. Uh, but we were going to be talking about a little bit more than Amazon today. We will also be discussing, as seems to be a running running issue uh, as of late, uh, Kirsten Cinema uh, and the... Uh, specific battles that we have been seeing around the reconciliation package, uh, why uh, why she's still not supporting it, and the tactics around all of that, um, and and I'm sure plenty of other stuff as well as we start diving into the intricacies of all of the different things that have happened over the last week. But uh, obviously, I think starting with starting with the Facebook. Uh, the fa- Facebook is the big story of the week, I think, right now, and um, dealing with how do we grapple with various aspects of social media, specifically Facebook moving forward. So Facebook's been in the news for a variety of different reasons. We'll start off with the testif- testifying of a whistleblower who has... I guess you have to say alleged, um, has alleged the formation, the development of the algorithm to, uh, to really emphasize, uh, the dependency of people to be on Facebook and specifically, uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, with, as it, as it impacts young minds and realistically young female minds more disproportionately than male minds and why this is the case. And I I also want to point out that it's not a lot of people talk about the way that it affects females um, more and it does, but it is important to note that it does impact males and it does impact the psyche of young people in general, because I, I will take this first just because it's easier to like, okay, that's an issue. We get it versus like how it impacts women with men. Right. And this is like, a, I guess this is an interesting, weird new topic. We've never really talked about here is with men, the, the perception of the like macho, the bravado of being like, you know, a manly man is played up in social media as it is in movies and other things. But in social media, the, the, the thing that gives men body dysmorphia, which if you don't know, body dysmorphia is basically like body dysmorphia is how you come, become, and this might be an oversimplification, generally speaking, anorexic or this sounds like I'm making it up bigorexic. These are, or, or have develop eating disorders or develop this or that. Like these are impacted by how your development of your psyche is going into what you are putting into your minds. So body dysmorphia is that perception of your body while you are looking at, you know, for me, when I was younger, I would look at just all these lifting videos and I would watch Arnold Schwarzenegger and I would watch all these people that nobody told you that they're on steroids. Nobody told you that the, these pro wrestlers were on HGH and all these other things, right? Like, and 
I grew up in, you know, the early 2000s. I became, be, became smart enough and informed enough to realize like, okay, these guys are on roids, right? But in the 80s and 90s specifically, that that was a disconnect that like most a lot of men didn't really realize that these these guys are unattainable in a natural state right that is one form of like that's why like you you look at all the toys from the era all the like comic books they're all like these juiced up enormous monstrous men that are just like not attainable the same thing goes with like you look at marvel movies and like I like Marvel movies. You look at movies and just in general TV shows like the, the guys on the TV shows that are like extremely jacked and ripped nine out of 10, I would say are probably on some sort of performance enhancing drug because that's what they're make. That's how they make their money. And there's absolutely, I, before this channel was about my podcast, this channel was about fitness and, and, uh, working out. And I used to talk about how, if you make your money from, the way you look, there's nothing inherently wrong with taking steroids, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a stigma, rightfully or wrongfully, around steroids because of the people that take them and, you know, get caught like Barry Bonds or Jason Giambi or who are all, the, all these like sports athletes, right? But there's uses, there's times and places, right? And there's like things like bodybuilding and whatnot, but. All this is to say is that men's perception in today's world is is formed by social media, the same way we'll talk about with women in a moment. But obviously, I have a special connection with this myself. And you get you get this dysmorphia that you're not big enough, you're not lean enough, you're not jacked enough, all this stuff, because you're constantly bombarded with photoshopped pictures or, or people that are like the epitome of, you know, they look like a Greek God basically. And those people exist, but again, they don't tell you that they're taking steroids and they only eat like this and they only do this and they don't, they don't, they work out six hours a day. They don't have to work a real job or all that stuff, right? All that plays into it. All of that is a factor and it plays into, okay, what goes into a man's mind? The same thing can be said with women, right? With women all, and this, this is goes back even way further than the eighties and nineties when I talk about this, but with women, women have had beauty standards shoved down their throats, basically since the beginning of time at this point, from what it seems like to me. Um, and Women have specifically been more impacted with social media is because there's not really a great way to say this, but whether it's right or wrong, it's 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 wrong for <laughs> for my in my opinion, right? But throughout history, a woman's appearance has been more heavily weighted than a man's appearance. And women have become more fixated on okay the same way like i wanted i i get fixated i got fixated because it's not really that impactful to me right now but i was fixated really for a really long time i'm like i want to look like arnold schwarzenegger right and women get the perception that they need to look like a model they need to look like this or that and it gets in their heads and i will i would argue that 
based on, you know, the products that are being sold to women, because, you know, men get ripped off with supplements and that and whatever, but like makeup and clothes and this and that, all of this stuff gets sold to women through these social media platforms that are perpetuating an insecurity in women to make them feel like we need to get that. We need to get my hair to look like that. I need to get my, my skin to look like this or, or that or whatever. And like, it's, it's a, it's an addiction. That's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Cause it's like, you'll still never, you'll still buy the product. You will not look like that. And then you'll be like, okay, well I don't look like that. So I'll get the next product and whatever. And it's like, it's not that we're dumb. Cause we're definitely not dumb. It's an addiction. It is a mind game. They are playing with us and they are, they know it because they can, they can do it. They can prey on people that cannot control the the impulse in their bodies, in their minds that have been conditioned their whole lives to feel a certain way. And the younger you are and you are getting on social media, specifically as a woman right now, you are getting indoctrinated constantly with the, you know, Photoshop, 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 the, you know, makeup, this, do that. Like if you enjoy doing makeup, that's fine. There's plenty of women I know that like that, that just love makeup and it's like an art, art form for them. And that's fine. But if you were doing it for like, I need to look like that person or this person. And again, this is coming from a person that I, I have had it in myself that I want to look like this or that. So like, I understand it. It's not as compulsive as it is for other people, for sure. Definitely not now, but I get it. I understand it. And as a society, we have to reckon with the fact that like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of these things are, are, are preying on the minds of young people in an addictive way to make them feel insecure, to make them feel not enough so that they keep coming back, keep comparing themselves and keep looking at these things and say, how do I get to that? Oh, I buy this product. Oh, I do whatever. And that's how Facebook makes its money is you click on the ads, you watch the videos, you click on the ads, you, you click this, click that. And the advertisers are constantly paying Facebook for your eyes, for your attention. And it's just, I don't know why we as a society have allowed for Facebook to own Instagram and to own Snapchat and to own WhatsApp and to own all this stuff and infiltrate, 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 make algorithms to prey on you for, for, for addictiveness. And that's what the whistleblower is talking about. The whistleblower is talking about how it specifically is targeting uh, young people, specifically young women. And it ignores the fact that we are also talking about an algorithm that preys on the people that don't know how to go research their own, uh, you know, their own uh, information that don't know that Facebook is not allowed to, uh, or is not fact checking uh, news stories. So they, that they don't understand that this stuff can be fake that I know this sounds ridiculous, but people can lie on the internet. Um, And there are, this may sound ageist, but there are old people that just do not understand that you can just go on Facebook and say whatever you want and anybody can can share it basically and anybody can see it and it can get out there and it can get into the brains of people. Like 
this is how these conspiracies, uh, you know, continue to thrive and 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 claw into the minds of people that you would think know better. You know that, and and it's not again. It's not because they're stupid. It's because of the algorithm. It's because of the way that they're designed. It's the it's the inherent monopolistic uh, grind. And again, monopoly is the end state of of a capitalist society if you continue to not break up these businesses and let them compete force them to compete again we will get to this in a second here but breaking up companies these big multi gigantic uh companies it's important because it will force them to compete it is the most capitalistic thing that you can want in a society when you have a monopoly again that is what the end result of unfettered capitalism is and that's why you need a mixed system you need to mix these two because otherwise you get facebook owning everything you get amazon owning everything and we will get to amazon in a second here but it is a self-fulfilling prophecy if we do not do anything is that they will continue to prey on our young people. They will continue to bank on the fact that nobody in Congress knows what the hell that they're talking about, about Facebook and Twitter, because they're all in their freaking 70s and 80s. They will continue to not realize that Instagram preys on the fact that they they know that you, you are looking at things that make you insecure about yourself it makes you depressed it makes you anxious because you are not living the life of somebody else but that person is not posting what they don't want you to see it's, they're not posting when they feel like crap when they're upset uh when they're crying when they're dealing with something when they're stressed out no they're just posting the picture of them smiling and and doing well and and we're all guilty of this we're all, we all do this because it's what we're supposed to do it's what they want us to do it's what the site perpetuates and you know it's easy it's easy to be like well then just don't engage with it but then the problem is and i've engaged with it less because i've had fewer and fewer reasons to give a crap about it like i don't care um and and, and that's not it's not even fully the truth because even even in my in my injured state and i'm still injured i have a boot on right now but in my injured state when i'm wearing a cast like i was looking at social media and i was jealous and i was angry and i was envious of people being able to do things that i wasn't able to do even though i know that that person's dealing with their own things even though i know that person probably could look at me what i post while i'm injured and they still probably think oh like I, i'm jealous of him maybe but Ultimately, it's it's preying on our insecurity and it's building our insecurity because that is how they will continue to make money. And Facebook was down and was hacked, and it's really it's really up to question. Um, well, I shouldn't say Facebook was hacked. We don't know what happened with Facebook. We don't know why Facebook has been down and they've been playing it down, but. With the whistleblower also alleging things like Mark Zuckerberg knowing certain aspects of how women are preyed upon, like in real life, based on Facebook and how uh, sex traffic, sex trafficking has been happening through Facebook. These things are serious issues. And if you don't elect people 
as you know, again, this, this is a, pol- a political show, right? We have to remember, how does this apply in the political? Everything is political. It inherently is. How does this apply? Is if you don't elect people in, frankly, the, again, I don't mean to sound ages, but if you don't elect people in their 20s and 30s that have actually grown up with this stuff, that and when Generation Z is old enough, if you don't elect people that have grown up and have lived this and have dealt with this and know the ins and outs of this stuff and people that know how to actually code and, and people that know what an algorithm is and does and is capable of, then we're going to keep getting senators and, and congressmen that ask stupid questions and let Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and Jack Dorsey and all these, these billionaires that are reaping every single dollar that they possibly can and draining us dry of our self-dignity and our our confidence. They will sit there smugly smiling as Mark Zuckerberg does every time and 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 just being like laughing it off like, oh yeah, like whatever. Or Google and the same thing. It's like they know that they're not going to get regulated. They know that they're not going to get broken up because the people that are supposed to do the regulating don't understand what is going on. I could have told, like, you don't need a whistleblower to tell me that young people's minds have been impacted by social media. I lived it. My whole, everything about us and people of my age, whether it be, uh, how you want to look, how you perceive other people, what you're attracted to is impacted by media. It's not necessarily completely like set in stone by like, cause there's definitely like you're inherent, you're not inherently like attracted to something or, or this or that it's impacted partially by how you grow up and what you see and all of this stuff. And I'm not a psychologist, so I don't mean to overbear and overstep on that, but there are these intertwining things. And we need to reevaluate that now. We need to look at it as in in an incident, at least like to like this week, as an incident in which we reflect on: Do we think that Facebook should be able to control everything that we see? Do we think that Facebook should be the arbiter of truth or the arbiter of what is beauty or what is strength? I say no. There is responsibility on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Google to say if something is false, but they obviously aren't doing that well either. So we'll pivot now to Amazon, who Amazon owns Twitch, by the way. So this is kind of where this is like a double double whammy here. So Amazon owns Twitch, which is with the largest gaming uh, streaming service in the world. And... With that, they have access to millions and millions of people at any given time. Amazon also obviously is Amazon. So you know everything else that they do. But Amazon is the the way that Amazon also makes money. It's collecting data on the people that shop on their website. And they sell that data to advertisers or they sell that data to, you know, a million other different things. Because the most profitable aspect of Amazon is their back end, which is their hosting services, their data collection services, etc. Amazon also uh, has a gaming studio called Amazon Game Studios, which, frankly, I play the game that they made. And it's the one thing that I've spent money on on Amazon in like a year. 
I did I did get a gift card for Amazon last year for from my work. So full disclosure. But in the last like five or six years, I probably spent a, a total of like 140 bucks on Amazon. So and that 100 was given to me for free. So I am no fan of Amazon. You guys know that. Um, but Amazon Game Studios, who made the game New World, was hacked. Uh, Amazon was hacked. Twitch was hacked. Twitch got hacked, and the incomes of the top streamers were leaked, which I don't really care that much about it. But um, sensitive information is potentially being leaked in those leaks, uh, whether that be addresses, locations, phone numbers, email addresses, etc. Things that people don't necessarily want out in the public. And <laughs> the reason why it's so impactful is because it hits everything. It hits from, you know, you're going from Twitch all the way down to, you know, you know, you're playing a video game. Like it, it just impacts so much and you're putting people in danger and Amazon just shouldn't be able to own all of that. It's and Amazon's going to probably start a new gaming service thing like to compete with Steam and they're going to do this and that. There's so many things wrong with Amazon, right? We all know that they treat their workers like crap. But the ultimate goal we have to realize with all this stuff, and I'll just note that, you know, there's nothing really wrong with having people's, inf- like, their, their, what, how much they make public. I actually don't really, that doesn't bother me that much. But the fact that somebody could dox them and sell their uh, information, this information on the dark web, is concerning, and it should be concerning. Um, and gr- and frankly, like, there's a lot of public information out there on a lot of people that like shouldn't be out there, and there should be ways to get rid of that stuff on the internet. But there really isn't. So the way that we have to combat Facebook, Amazon, Twitter, um, Google is we have to use antitrust to break these companies up. Instagram should be separate from Facebook. Snapchat should be separate from Twitter. And I'm just throwing things out now. Like the the more um like of an amalgamation, which I'm trying to uh you know emphasize that these things are like mutants they're not really normal it's not natural for to have so much vertical and horizontal um integration uh or consolidation more more so than integration because integration is okay consolidation is not we we start to become reliant on monopolies or duopolies i mean you know every every one of my every every one of my favorite stores is a local store. You know, here and there, I like to go to a Barnes and Noble, but you know, I love to go to local bookstores like the Doylestown bookstore, or I like to go to, you know, the local ice cream shop, like Evolution Candy, if you're in Doylestown, that's a great shop. They're wonderful people. Or I go to Cyborg One and for my comic books, you know, like I don't go to Amazon for my books. I don't go to Amazon for my comic books. I don't go to Amazon for my, you know, ice cream. <laughs> like, there, there become it becomes incumbent upon us as consumers on some level to to take action and say like be proactive go, you know go local shop local whatever, 
but it also becomes incumbent upon like at some point these companies have too much influence and power on us they're too much into our data into our lives they seep in they can control us more than we can control how they respond to us which a business shouldn't be able to do that a business should be responsive to us not form us to their will so if you force these uh these you know and, and that's why i like you know video games is a, not not like publishers and whatnot but a lot of video games are good examples of like indie video games can compete with AAA video games because there is competition, there is ingenuity, there is artistic integrity, there is new uh, visions that consistently put out new things and will challenge and compete for your attention rather than just being like, we're going to make it just super addicting gambling game, right? And like, there are those things out there and we have to play, um, we have to, you know, pay attention to that stuff and, and, and be responsible. But there also becomes incumbent upon the government to say like, no, like you at least have to take some responsibility for what you're putting out there and how you're impacting people's lives. Which leads us right into the last thing here. And again, I, I apologize. It's a short, short show for you today. Again, I know I keep saying we're going to have a longer one, but I do plan on bringing back Tiffany Thomas Smith next week. So stay tuned for that. But just really quick, we're going to talk about Kirsten Cinema getting, you know, asked questions in the bathroom. Yeah, asked questions in the uh, plane. Listen, okay. Any politician, specifically a congressman or a senator, has to be willing, has to be able to answer questions, even if you don't answer them directly. If you answer, if you get asked a question by a constituent, you should answer the question, even if it's hard, even if it's sucky, even if they, you know, if people are somewhat respectful, somewhat decent to you, and I get it. In that one video, Kirsten Cinema is going to you know, she's walking into the bathroom. Well, yeah, it's indecent. It's un, it's unsettling. Sure. It's not great that somebody's walking into the bathroom by with you. They're not touching you. They're not doing anything uh, that's putting you in danger. Um, and there is context in which you have to realize, like, you are talking about a senator that is holding up life-saving medicine for people possibly uh that is holding up uh reducing cost for life-saving medicine you are talking about people that don't have access to child care uh you don't have which by the way if you don't have child care how can you go to work uh because everyone's so so concerned about the, the job market right now uh, you're talking about people that are immigrants that don't have a pathway to citizenship because of her. Uh, the, the list goes on and on and on. So the decency police, and I've said this before, but the decency police always comes out when the substance is to be ignored. So decency, that that civility is used as a tool for the oppressor to ignore the wants, the needs, the cries of the oppressed. There is time and place to disagree. If she just said, I disagree with you, 
it's bad, but it's something. It's an answer. She is not providing an answer. She is not providing a want or a need or a reason for what she is doing. So as a constituent of hers, the pe- these people have a right to ask her, why are you holding back the Biden agenda? Why are you stopping my family from having a pathway to citizenship or my grandpa from having dental vision and hearing and my kids from having pre uh, universal pre-K, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not, it's not that crazy. It's not that radical to ask that senators be responsive to the people. And with that, that is all I have for you today. And I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with me. That 30 minutes went by really fast, but I cannot wait to expand the show very, very soon and talk more and more and more with more guests. So if you have a guest request, leave it down in the comment section below. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, turn notifications on for whenever new videos go live. You can help the show by sharing and liking and commenting. As usual, you can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow uh, the show on the audio version on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you would like to support the show for as little as $5 a month, you can do it so at patreon.com slash the Cono show. Or you can donate to my campaign at Con- or O'Hanlon for tax collector.com. We have four weeks, less than 30 days till the election. So, I am feeling it. I'm feeling the stress and I can really use a little boost. So if you guys have enjoyed the show, leave a comment down below. Uh, I would really appreciate it. But with that, thank you guys so much for watching. I uh, hope you stay safe. And until next time, peace. (laughs) 